Hello and welcome to the Villa Park Podcast. It's me, Rich, and I'm back with your Lions Raw match reaction to Aston Villa 6. I'll say it again. Aston Villa 6, Brighton and Hove Albion 1. And joining me is a man who stepped off a plane uh, coming back from Turkey to not knowing what the scoreline was when he got on the plane, not knowing what the scoreline was when he got off the plane, but soon found out, Martin. And uh, what a surprise that was. First thing I said was, let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me, right? <laughs> no, but I... Uh... So I was on the plane. I was flying out at five past one Turkish time. So five past 11 in the UK, in Ireland, obviously. And I was on the plane. And literally, as soon as it like hit, because on my phone, I was still on Turkish time. As soon as it hit 2.30, I was like, okay, Villa Games kicked off. And literally, I was going through, like, in my head, five minutes. Okay, I hope it's not a goal for Brighton. I hope it's not a goal for Brighton. I hope it's not a goal for Brighton. And then thinking through the stages. And when it got to, like, quarter past three, I'm going to go and, Right, it's half time. I hope we're winning or we're still in the game or whatever. And then as soon as I landed, right, the first thing I do, I am back on the data, I'm back on everything. And I seen and I only seen like I mean notification going on the Aston Villa badge, you know, in the app where they have all the notifications. And I seen six one and I went, Is this a joke? I genuinely <laughs> did not think it was real for a second, right? Yeah. And then I go into the group chat, you are all going mad everyone's going mental at this score and i'm like all right i'm gonna go to live score because at least i know what's happening right and then i seen six one to villa and i'm going oh my god like i just was in utter disbelief like i was just and i'm probably thinking to myself i should fly in future when villa games are on <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, mate i think i think we were all in a bit of disbelief and obviously i was at the game i was lucky enough to go to the game with my son um so yeah it was uh it was just phenomenal now uh, the chat is going absolutely crazy. I, 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 I've been assured that Sam and George are coming on. So uh, I believe there must be people in here. <laughs> I've already seen the comments uh, about Wally mm. Watkins and Sam. So I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be on. I'm sure we, he will be on shortly. Um, but yeah, guess, let's get into it uh, in terms of the comments. So we've got uh, Adam Ski in the house. Hit the like while we wait. Um, we're here, we're here. Um, we've got nearly 50 watching already, but yeah, hit that like button, guys. Uh, subscribe as well if you're new to the channel. We are um, almost at 2,450. I think we need about eight subscribers to get 2,450. Um, and then obviously that, you know, helps us on the road to 3K even more. So the last few days have been crazy in terms of subscribers. So keep liking, keep subscribing, and we'll keep growing. Um, but yeah, support has been amazing. Um, where else are we? Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> he missed that one on one, yeah. Uh, Dale, hello, everyone. Looking forward to this one, yeah. Rub in the house, hello. Uh, nice to have you on board, Michael. Good evening, uh, great to have you in, mate. Rachel, as well, hey, uh, Dunk, as well. Good evening, Dunk. Um, uh, who else have we got? Uh, Adam says, uh, I don't manage to get up to Villa Park often, but God, I, am I happy to have witnessed that in person. Up the Villa. Good evening, everyone. Absolutely, mate. Uh, Adamski again. Steve says, hello all. What a game. Uh, Dale, I took my daughter yesterday, uh, her first game, and I don't think they get much better than that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, my son went. He he had a terrible run of games when we first I first started taking him. 
I think out of his first five games that he went to, we not only lost all five of those first four five games that he went to, but four of them we lost three two in the last minute. So um, yeah, um, he he didn't have a great experience, but now he's on a winning run, so he's he's absolutely buzzing. And yeah, six one. I mean, I I was my dad went as well. I was talking to my dad like the. I think the last time we won six one was Sunderland twenty thirteen. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't. I don't think I've been to a Villa match where we've won six one. On it, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I think we might have won five, maybe in ninety two, ninety three season. But it's been a it's been a hell of a long time. Um, really random reviews. Evening, great to have you in. Mark, Mark's in the house. Good evening, Mark. Gaz is in the house. Uh, brilliant. Uh, Willie's in the house. Good evening, Willie. Great to have you on board. Uh, Dunks has thought we'd win Saturday. It said 3-1, but 6 was impressive. Um, hi, uh, Gary's in the house. Hi, guys. We'll do the Vidi printer for you, Rich. Aston Villa 6. Yeah, in, in brackets, 6. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know, mate. I did it on my match reaction. I did, if you've, if you've seen that. Uh, what a result. Yeah, I went with 3-1 Villa, but 6. Woohoo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Max, <laughs> Villa Park Pod private jet for future games. Maybe, maybe. Um, Where's Sam says, Steve, I hope he's coming. I'll message him in a minute. He might be putting his little little yeah. laddie to bed. Uh, Sam's a brave man, says Gary. Um, yep, Douglas, we'll talk about Luis. We'll talk about Ramsey. Uh, I don't want to go through every goal. You see, we're going to talk more around um, more around kind of how we won and what on some of the performances. Um, let's have a look. Michael said, I've taken Sam's bet and have put £50 on Watkins getting 20 plus. But as I always say, we must take one game at a time and keep the faith that we are still building. Yeah, and thank you for sending me the the DM as well, Michael. Much appreciate um, all your kind mm-hmm. of thoughts and advice. Absolutely amazing. Um, uh, swears, <laughs> Dale's daughter's been singing uh, the Ollie Watkins song all day. Feel so proud. My dad took me to my first game. My granddad took him 60 years ago. Villa is a way of life. Wow, Absolutely, that's a good family history there. That's fantastic. George, uh, thank you uh, for joining us. Um, you're looking slightly grey and uh, the light is slightly faded. But how are you? Yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, evening, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Sorry, I've just had a little mess around with the lighting before, and I've somehow made it worse than it already was. And it doesn't matter which way I turned them; they just you know, you know what you look like, George. Show. George, you look like like a movie from Paranormal Activity or something, where it's about to get to the best part. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally gonna, I was literally gonna say something like that, or he, or he looks like he looks like one of those ransom videos where they're like, oh yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> They're treating me well. Yeah, he's gone through the haunted house. Just send them a million dollars. If the British government are listening, please listen. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get this quality on any other podcast, by the way, guys. You know what? You know why you like it. Um, But yeah, George, how are you feeling about yesterday's result? I know, I know. You, you, we were talking in the match preview. We're saying it's going to be a really tough game and. All that stuff, and we, we obviously were expecting that, and no reason not to. But I know a lot of the time you you do the match preview and then kind of miss the match reaction. But yeah, you you wanted to come on this one especially. But I mean, you must be you must be absolutely buzzing after yesterday. Yeah, absolutely, boys. I mean, what what a result! I mean, <laughs> I didn't see any six one predictions in the um 
in the preview show the other night. I mean, it was a, oh. a result we could just dream of, really. You know, an absolutely great performance from the boys and a, you know, a real good bounce back from the Everton game in the week. And yeah, we're flying high again. I mean, we were up to third for a little bit, weren't we, on Saturday? You know, it's, it's been, what's, what's that now, five wins from the first seven? I mean, we, no one's going to be arguing with that sort of form, are they, boys? It's Honestly, it's crazy. I mean, 15 points from the first seven. I think we keep breaking records in terms of like the best start since since whenever. Um, and, and Martin, I guess, you know, at the moment, we don't seem to be, um, you know, we've had a couple of dodgy results in, in, in the cup. And, and mm-hmm. I guess one, you know, first game of the season, Newcastle, you can kind of put that to bed. But Liverpool was a bit disappointing. But we've had the, we've had a couple of dodgy results, but we've we've reacted. I mean, the, the, the reaction from Wednesday, people sitting around me and me and Aiden were like, they were there on Wednesday. It's like mm. they like can't believe the difference. I mean, just just a little bit. What would you put it to, towards? Would you just simply put it to the cha- the changes in the team? Would you put it to the way we've approached the game or how Emery approaches? What what would you, is there anything that you could put your finger on that just the cha- the difference in the in kind of everything? I think with the start of the season against Newcastle, you know, it was I think the mindset was gone when Mings got injured, you know, that bit of leadership role. So I think that was just a whole capitulation altogether. And we reacted well with two wins on the bounce against Everton and Burnley. And then the Liverpool game wasn't so good when we played a high line and then a team like Liverpool they'll expose that really well. And then we reacted well to that as well. And then Europe wasn't good. So I think maybe with the squad rotation, I think is has been probably killed us a little bit in terms of the cup games because we we can kind of see who's up to scratch and who isn't. So maybe that I would put it down to as the squad rotations and... I wish I could blame the shirts. I'm not even going to blame the shirts because we, we, what a performance we put in in the same shirts exactly. And I I was seeing, and I was seeing all the tweets. Like, imagine how good we would be if the shirt wasn't on us, right? (laughs) So, but I think that I think it's the squad rotation that's killed us. But I just want to say a little bit briefly, though, it just feels like to me, and I hate to be the bummer when I say this, that nearly every second or third game is a reaction game. And if if it carries on, I think it's going to get a little bit annoying to fans that why are we not getting a string of results? Like, don't get me wrong, I know we're not going to win every game. I know we're not. It, but if we can just kind of say we got a draw or something like you know, and then where we react from a draw, I wouldn't have a problem. But winning two games and then lose one with a poor performance, it it can kind of get just a little bit annoying for me. Like, I can take losing on the chin all day. But when you lose and a bad performance, that's when I kind of go, you draw the line. But other than that, five wins in seven games in the Premier League, I'd have, I'd have bit your hand off if you told me that after the Newcastle game. Absolutely. I mean, George, we've taught, and I, I think I think you're right in in a lot of ways. You know, with the, the with the squad rotation, and I also do make you right with, you know, this this reaction. I mean, whether whether that's how we interpret it anyway. That's how fans are interpreting like poor performance, reaction, few games, poor performance. Um, we know we need a result on Thursday, which we'll get into maybe later and also later on in the week. But but I mean, 
like I say, George, I mean, what what a turnaround from Wednesday. Like, it's just it, it's just unreal to think. And uh, Sorry, I was going to say the turnaround from Wednesday, but also the five wins from seven. It's not as if now that you can say, oh, well, we haven't beaten anyone. Like, at first it was, you know, Everton, Burnley, struggling sides, um, Crystal Palace maybe, you know, fairly solid. But we've had Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge and now we've had Brighton who everyone was waxing lyrical over and will continue to do so. But we've actually like put our money where our mouth is and beaten some good, you know, good solid teams that maybe we wouldn't have been expected to beat in, in inverted commas or expected to beat so convincingly. Yeah, that's it. I mean, no one can really say it's, it's a, it's a, um, a been an easy start for us, has it? There's some big, you know, some good teams there we played. In fact, the run that we've got coming up looks more favourable, I would say. So there's a chance to get even more points. I mean, I know it doesn't always work out like that, and there might be one or two results come for come come next next uh, you know in the next few weeks, and we'll think bloody hell, you know, we're doing well against the big teams, and then we're slipping up against maybe a Luton or a you know or a Forest or something like that. But yeah, you know, as you say, we put our money where our mouth is, uh, mouth is and we you know we've turned up, and um, yeah, 15 points from five games, unbelievable start. Exactly, exactly. Um couple of comments and then we'll get get into specifics around the game so Adams has got to make sure we follow it up with a dominant win on Thursday um Gary says think Brighton honestly have sold one too many players now and will suffer hmm. um it'd be interesting to see Max says makes it even sweeter how gutted the commentator on BT was um uh yeah McGinn I'll talk McGinn as well uh Dale says maintaining our two point per game average under Emery think this year we win a cup hopefully so we've, we've obviously lost our chance in one of them um, yeah exactly <laughs> surely that's the last time we risk changing too much on Thursdays yeah um, I agree with that <laughs> uh Willie says hi guys after the poor performance in Europe and against Everton do you think Emery has given them a severe kick up the backside I hope I mean I guess I think Emery's very much obviously we know he studies the game we know that he makes the players watch the video i also think with emery what he does subtly is to some of the players like those squad players that haven't played as well or haven't done their done their kind of um their selves justice if you watch he'll, he might put them in the squad or he might not put them in the squad but then he, he doesn't like he doesn't like go to them to to put them on if you notice yesterday he probably could have made like four or five subs he probably could have put you know, one or one or two. He could have put Tielemans on earlier or something, mm. but I think he does it subtly with like substitutions or changes or or things where he might not play someone where he, you know, he doesn't he, he where he you, he might normally have done where he thinks actually you need to do a little bit more in training or I need to see a little bit more from you so I know I can rely on you. He might not shout and stuff, but he might be more kind of pointed in terms of how he expects players to to carry themselves because he's very big on them carrying out his specific instructions. Yeah. Obviously, if they get beat, he'll be like, well, that's my fault. The players carried out what I was telling them to do. Mm. But if they don't carry out what he tells them to do, that they're out the team and it takes them a little while to get back in. I don't know what you boys think of that. Uh, I would say that... I, I, I'd say you're probably right on the money. i say he's probably very behold, behold, behind closed doors. Uh, in terms of how he deals with players and what way they play and when do they come on. Because even in, like, you know, in match conferences, you know, talking about Telemans and all that, he's very, 
he's very hush hush, and I, and I kind of like that. I don't like managers singling out players on media because I just think some do it to get a reaction, you know, and you know sometimes they react well or sometimes they don't. I personally don't like it when you know when you're singling players out in the media and all that. If you do it behind closed doors, respect face to face, I think you get more out of players because it kind of goes to show that. You know, you care about me enough to say it to my face and not go to a camera and then say it to me after. You know, it's he's not two faced. I say he's he's probably straight lace type of type of manager. And you know, and you're right. You probably could have brought Tielemans on earlier. And dare I say, I found my agenda player. You probably could have brought on Ling Lei earlier. So, well, that's what I mean. That those or Den Donk or someone like that. You know, yeah. I, I I do think that he's he he's a bit like that. But yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, at the, yeah, and at the same time, it's all about the squad. It's about yes. the squad. Yeah. Like you know, it's not just about the eleven on the pitch. Like how long we were saying, right? Who who do we start? And then when you have your eleven on the pitch, and you turn to your bench and you go, bollocks, who am I going to bring on? To now, we're like, oh bollocks who am i gonna bring on like you know it's, yeah, it's yeah. a completely different context now all of a sudden yeah absolutely um thanks to ken for the uh super sticker two pound super sticker thanks a lot mate much appreciated um it's gonna go and... towards george's light yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah i think yeah help a brother out yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're just an evolving team and squad sometimes it will be brilliant Others it will be very poor, but we're progressing. I think we're getting more. Cons- I hope we're getting more consistent as well. Dale says a bloke in front of me had talk sport on towards the end of the game, and Sam Matterface was saying Brighton were unfortunate to be five one down. What game was he watching? I just think they love Brighton for whatever reason. Um, uh, Alfie says Emery knows we didn't have the squad to perform on four fronts over the season. This is why he says the Prem is priority. They can't say it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't play Everton to lose. I, I just don't think professional... He, he may have not have it as a priority, but I don't... Professional footballers, you can't go into a game like that. You have to go in 100%. Otherwise, you, that's where you get injuries. That's where you get things yeah. happening to you. Um, so you have to go in, in for it. Um, yeah, Ken, don't think our squad's big enough. There is teetering on that. It is. Um Michael says management of each player game time is so important, which is why we will see changes in cup games. Dale says concede then Donker, Chambers and Bertie being sold in January and two big signings coming in. Potentially so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gary, buy the young guys, younger guys, not the 28 year olds on big contracts who mope about when they don't play. Um, and uh, yeah, Dale says two pound for the electric meter. Um, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> we've got eighty-three people watching, and I was amazed by this on a on a Sunday at ten to ten. But um, yeah, That's please. Time. Yeah, exactly. Ten to ten. <laughs> please hit the subscribe button and please hit the like button. Continue to do that. Eighty-seven watching now, which is fantastic. So yeah, keep keep uh, hitting the like button. Help us grow. Help us get more viewers. Um, and hit that subscribe button. And if you do want to become a member of the channel, um, hit the dollar sign at the bottom and, or the join button and follow the instructions. And if you do want to uh, support us with any donations, super chats, super stickers, anything like that, we will, we, you know, we're phenomenally appreciated. Um, but just hit the dollar sign at the bottom as well. Um, okay. So many comments coming in. So many, so many mm. comments coming in, which is phenomenal. I'll try and get through as many as we can. I know um, you're starring some of them as well, uh, Martin. Yeah, Any some questions back. around um, the kind of other bits and bobs uh, relating to like the women's team or relating to the women's result today, relating to anything else off the pitch? Fans forum tomorrow night. We'll cover all that. 
Um, this is more linked around around the match, so we will get to that. But make sure you watch us on a on a Monday night for the fans forum. Uh, Bloom's in the house. Evening, evening, mate. Great to have you on board. So let's let's talk the match. Let's talk the game. Let's talk some players because it, we Martin, we were talking before the before this the show about yeah. you know which players we're going to focus. And I went through, right, we'll talk about him, we'll talk about him, we'll talk about him, we'll talk hmm. about him. So, we, so we're going to try and, like, condense it because, and also around the goals, I felt like the goals were a result of us getting the tactics right against Brighton and the goals were a, um, were a, a symptom of that. So it will focus more on the players and obviously talk yeah. around, around the goals from there. But... Lineup wise, I know we were spot on with our fan hub predictor. So Martinez yeah. in goal, uh, Cash, Conza, Torres, Dina, uh, Kamara, Louise, McGinn, uh, Diaby, Watkins, and Zaniolo started. Obviously replaced, you know, 55 minutes by Ramsey. Um, I want to talk about what we felt like. I want to talk about a player who performed really, really well yesterday. Um, and it was probably a battle that we thought he would end up losing or really struggle yeah. with. And I thought yeah, Matty Cash yeah. was absolutely tremendous at, um, at stopping Mitoma playing because we know how dangerous Mitoma is. Came on the other day against Bournemouth, I think it was, and scored within 12 seconds. Mm. But it, Cash um, nullified any any threat really that, that um that Mitoma had and had a had a great game and yeah talk talk to us about your your thoughts on Matty Cash first Martin what a performance I like I watched the the full game highlights today just to kind of get me up to scratch after being on a plane for four hours but uh now nah, I thought Cash was Cash was on the money <laughs> I thought Cash was brilliant against Mitoma and we all know how good Mitoma is like like his dribbling sense, Mitoma, is unbelievable. The man done a thesis in college on dribbling. Yes. And yes. now he's there in the Premier League, beating fullbacks, terrorising them. And to be honest, I do love Matty Cash. Always have, always will. But I really thought this was going to be a game where he was going to get found out big time one-on-one. And obviously not. The man made six tackles that were just really life-saving at the back he was unbelievable and Matoma was just nowhere to be seen like there was three things Matty Cash was taking out of his pocket his wallet his keys and Matoma <laughs> like brilliant. brilliant he was yeah. unbelievable like so I have to give credit where it's due and for me I know Ollie Watkins scored a hat-trick and we'll get on to that as soon as time comes on I hope <laughs> uh, I've asked him <laughs> for me, Matty Cash was my man to match simply because of the duel that he was up against yeah, yeah, and obviously, as well, George. Not only did he um, nullify Matoma, and he had Estepinion in the first half to deal with, but he um, he set up the first goal and a brilliant ball into uh, to Watkins to to finish for the first goal. And yeah, Cash was fantastic yesterday. Yeah, like um, see, yeah. Martin was uh, on a plane and he kind of missed the game. I I was watching on my phone, but I was working, so <laughs> yeah, I remember I was watching. But I wasn't watching, if you know what I mean. I had the audio on proper. Um, yeah, so I probably can't give any expert analysis on on what happened here, but I will tell you a funny story. I think it was the second one. Um, I'm in the middle of trying to deliver a parcel, so I've got, I've got my phone in one hand, I've got my PDA in the other, 
and I'm trying to hand this fella the parcel, and all of a sudden I've just heard <laughs> jumping up and down cheering. And the customers look at me going, you're you you all right, mate? I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, what's going on? He goes, what's happening? I said, well, we've scored, haven't we? <laughs> oh, brilliant. I hope you didn't have anything yeah, delicate yeah, in funny. the uh, in the package that you were, you were uh, delivering. <laughs> He, he was he was celebrating oh, uh, God, each delivery because they were the goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but but just I mean, look, so many. Yeah, comments so no, I'll saying, see. This is the Mino expert analysis from me tonight, lads. <laughs> that's fine, mate. That's fine. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought he was uh, he was great, and uh, yeah, Marcus Cash is taking in what Emery wants him to do. Um, he's, he's yeah, he just he was just great. He was he was just excellent, and. Um, I just thought I was worried. That's the, I think it was more to do with how worried worried I potentially was with with him uh, coping with him. Um, another another player at the back I thought did very well um, and yeah. starting to form that partnership with Ezri Konza um, was Pau Torres. Um, I thought he was really solid and it was interesting to see um, him stepping it stepping into mid midfield whether it be with the ball or whether it be to kind of follow the man that he's marking. And then what was happening was Kamara was dropping into the position behind him. Uh. Um, but obviously we know that how good Torres is at passing. So it makes sense. But yeah, I, th- I thought Torres was, was great, Martin. I, again, I don't know how much you caught of it, but yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. You know, when we're in possession, everything nearly goes through him because he he plays so well in between the lines he looks he looks for that pass from center half to to the striker and a show it against Hibbs you know for the Durand goal which was a great ball in great running behind and then unfortunately Diaby had a disallowed goal as well against Palace which was from Torres as well so he's an eye for a pass and it's Although, you know, physically, he, there is a lot to improve. You know, he's coming to a new league. And I think over time, he'll, he'll adapt to that really, really well. And it was just fantastic. And like you said, when he was jumping in and Kamara, because he has played centre-back before for Marseille, he just had the natural instinct to just sit back and cover in case anything happened, Torres. There was someone there, you know. So I thought he, he was brilliant. Like, everyone was brilliant, you know, including him. And it was just, it was a really really pleasing performance yeah yeah um what have we got here uh yeah dale said i forgot danny welbeck was even playing um yeah and i think someone else put a thing about um evan ferguson i think you might have started it but i I can't find it now um but yeah i mean they both they both got taken off at half time yeah 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 both of them got taken off at half time and couldn't really get into the game did a lot of chasing around, um, and um, but yeah, couldn't really get into it. Uh, Michael says, Rich hit the nail on the head. Building of a partnership at the back is key and takes time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dale says it's been coming. Uh, a total performance. The team was going to get smashed by us eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, really around said, don't think Welbeck touched the ball, did he? Um, a couple of touches, but nothing, nothing major. Um, yeah, Duncan said that. Um, Torres' forward runs passing were mad in that game. Um, Dale said, I did notice that Powell wasn't getting as tight to the Brighton forwards, therefore not being turned easily like a few times this season. Absolute bargain at 35 million. 
I just think, yeah, I just think he and, and the physical, the physical um, aspect of his game, like he got better yesterday, but it, it did come from the tempo that was set. I, I will say that, but yeah, you know, and it's it's easy it's, it's easier when you know you you're three nil up and and you kind of can can push on and and, and do mm. what you want almost. Um, another player, uh, and and he's getting a lot of lot of shout in the comments. John McGinn. Um, yeah. which was excellent in midfield. Um, and I felt like, say, at the game, I thought the first 10 minutes, I thought Brighton looked good. And he was quite quiet for the first 10. And then mm. there was a slight tactical switch. And what was happening was Diaby was going out to the right-hand side and then McGinn was coming into the middle. But they weren't doing it like as in just, just swap positions. They were doing it as we were in possession of the ball. Yeah. So like Diaby would go out, McGinn would come in. And then he'd be able to kind of get on the ball on the half turn like he loves to do and, and start turning, you know, sticking his ass out. And starting to have, he was starting to have more and more influence in the game as it went on. And you could see, you know, he was kind of, there was two or three, uh, obviously he, he assisted Watkins for his hat-trick goal, but he also he also had the, the, the pass before the assist for Cash's goal and was just getting involved in so much more of the play. And it was, it was almost like he was kind of back to his, Back to his old self in that, you know, yeah. that typical John McGinn fashion. And I thought he had, he had a great game as well, um, and which which is good to see. Mark, again, really good to see. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, he, it really was a captain's performance, which is what the, what the comments have been absolutely saying. And, he, you know, he does. He Ever since Emery's come in, he's gotten better and better and better just because of someone there with the tactical awareness to know what each player's role are. And John McGinn has been excellent in that. And obviously we've been saying sometimes, you know, is he really in the start 11 just because he's the captain just to make shift for him? But clearly he's not. He's there for a reason, you know. And, you know, each pass creates a new movement. So if Diaby's going out on the right, John McGinn will naturally shift in the middle because it's there. Then that's the next pass. Or, you know, hence why as soon as John McGinn got the ball in the middle, Ollie Watkins was the next pass, you know. And it was, he was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, and he was right after the game as well when he was getting interviewed by TNT that, you know, sometimes we're hurt with performances because of the injuries that have, that have been hampering the squad. And he's right because Ramsey was out for a while and Moreno's out now to the international break. I think Bailey is a few weeks. Uh, and obviously, Wendy and Ming's being out for, you know, the season, basically. So he's right. There's them five players, basically, would be in contention of starting. So, like... You know, he, it, it, it's frustrating at the same time with all them injuries, but at the same time, we've been performing really well. And, you know, and credit to John McGinn, it was a fantastic performance on Saturday. Like I said, everyone's had a great game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really random. McGinn was holding onto the ball well and looked decent too. Um, uh, what else have we got? Um, da, 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 uh Adam said we won we won uh, by winning second balls after getting tight to them, which we didn't do versus Everton in the cup. Um, I think that's what McGinn loves. Like, um, yeah, Adam says again with McGinn, he's either brilliant or missing. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like at the moment, he's kind yeah. of like that. But it's, I think it's, it's yin and yang, isn't it? You don't know yeah. which one you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But George, I guess that's where McGinn's at his best. You know, when we when we get in what they like to call transition, which is basically the other team giving the ball away. Um, uh, McGinn's at his best, like when he's when he's getting the ball in those areas and being able to drive with it, or or play that that through ball, that pass that's kind of 
you know, that Ollie Watkins or that Diaby can, can run onto. That's where he's at his best, isn't he? Are you still with us, George? I think your internet might be playing up, mate. Sorry, lads. I've got a real a delay on the connection, mate. So I don't know. But I'm thinking about three seconds behind. Cool, cool, cool. Sorry, boys. I oh, know, boys. Just jump, jump out, and jump back in again if you can. If you can sort it. <laughs> there, he's, there he goes. There he goes. There he goes. Right, you know, you know, you know what mind, even if he is three seconds behind. Like. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, it, it, it's where McGinn's at his best. It's where we love him to be mm. driving through when when we win the ball back. And he had so many. He had so many times when he could, when he was able to do that. Mark in 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 the game yesterday. Yeah, you know, it, it was just. Look, it was it was a John McGinn, vintage John McGinn, as we like to say, and you know I I was really impressed by him, and you know that's the level of John McGinn, like you know, and um from now on, hopefully, you know, like I said, you know, consistency is a bit of a thing for me. That as soon as a player hits like a ceiling of a level, it's up to him to keep that or better it, and you know, and that's the thing now for John McGinn. I think because. At the start, when he done so well that he was at this level, he's kind of a victim of his own success in a way. That because he set the ceiling, he set the standard. It was now kind of like, wait, we need to sit every weekend. And obviously, he was poor for a while, and we were going, "Where's the John McGinn we know and love?" And now we have that John again that we know and love back. And you know, and it's good to see. And he's shown why he should be the captain because his leadership skills have been quality as well. Yeah, and he's one. He's one who leads by example. He's one who. You know, not really a sc- shout and a scream on the pitch, but just try and lead by example. It's just we really want to keep seeing him in those, getting into those positions where he can mm. drive forward with the ball. Adamski says Diaby is a level above. McGinn wanted to be at that level, and that inspired the rest to have a blinder. Um, Paul yeah. says we pushed Brighton back constantly, and we did quick passes and moves to put the squeeze and pressure on them. They couldn't cope. Absolutely. Um, Paul's actually saying we are real title condensed. For, we are title contenders and who would have thought that um i think certainly top six maybe top four yeah i wouldn't be getting ahead of myself with that one i know yeah. i know it's it's fantastic to see that we're basically three points off the top at the minute but when you get to that grueling christmas period that's when you know what yeah, exactly. at the end so I, i'd rather wait till then if, yeah, if you want yeah. to think that fair play go ahead but don't jinx it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, Bloom said, no player let us down. Best performance since we beat Newcastle last season in the 7-2 against the Scousers. Just need to keep this going into Thursday night and again onto the Dingles on Sunday. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't see someone say something. Yeah, it was a bit of a delay, unfortunately, for old, uh, for old George. Uh, the kidnappers cut the music, they cut the mic, said Rub. Yeah, he did jump out <laughs> quite suddenly. Um, FBI are coming, George, don't worry. It's because it's of that... Um, it's because it's because he's in his little cubby hole. I don't know what he's what he's making in there. Um, I think I think the ghosts have abducted him. You know, I think that's what's happened to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary said Villa have always had one or two good players, but now we have five or six top players. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. We people have mentioned other players. We are coming to them. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We're coming to them. Just, just, just. Just hold your horses, hold your horses, stick with the show, stick with the show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button as well. Um, 
we talk, I, I mentioned Zaniolo um, yeah. in the, in the ma- instant match reaction said, I like him. I think Villa fans really like him. He's got a nice song that we sing for him. You know, he's kind of endeared himself to Villa fans really well, but he hasn't quite got used to the pace of the Premier League yet. And he holds onto the ball a little bit too long, in my opinion. Hasn't got quite mm. used to the physicality of the Premier League either. It was fine yesterday. He played pretty well. But when Jacob Ramsey came on in 55 minutes, that was where we saw kind of real quality, real um, impetus down that left-hand side. And yeah. I mean, yeah, the goal he scored was just best best goal of the day. Beautiful yeah. finish. And uh, it's just amazing to see Ramsey you know, hopefully getting back to full fitness and getting back to his best. Because if that's him at 80%, I don't know what he's going to be like when he's 100%. But oh. yeah, it was great to see. Yeah, absolutely. And with Zaniolo, just before I go on to Ramsey, I think I'm a little bit in the disagreement with you when you say he's not up to the physicality of it. I think he, he is up to the physicality. I agree with you when you do say that, you know, he does hold on to the ball a little bit too long. And he does. He looks for that little cheeky nutmeg which it pulls off nearly half the time. But at the same time, though, you're right. Like, he holds on to a little bit too long. He is very good. You can see the potential there that he's trying to impress. He wants to play. And, you know, even in his interviews, he's he's conducting himself the right way and in the right manner. But I be, would be just in just a little bit of a disagreement with you there, Rich, when you say he's not up to the physicality of it, because he is, because he's, he's no problem with bodying players out the way. And I think if... And I know it's normally a thing with Italian players, you don't really see them being physical. Like Jorginho, for example, he's not your most physical player. Technically in possession, he's your man. But when yeah. you were a team out of possession and getting press, he's one to you can run down very easily. Zaniolo, for me, is not that type of man. He has no problem getting himself stuck in from what I've seen. So, uh, like, you know, and this is why we love this podcast, which generally we don't yeah, really yeah. agree with each other. So... I think what I, was I just meaning, think the physicality yeah. he's okay, but I agree with you yeah. on everything else. Yeah, what I was what I was meaning was not necessarily the physicality, as in like someone coming in and tackling you. What I meant with the physicality of it is the number of sprints you've got to do, the speed at which you've got to play, the way you've got to get your body into position to then play the pass. Like it's almost like he's like controlling it. You know how the Italian game is slow, slow, quick. He's like controlling it and then he might get his body in the way and then he might be able to run off with it. The ball's already gone before you've even had a chance to do that in, in the Premier League. So I just I just think it's, oh, it's okay, just those right. little yeah, things. Like, yeah. and, and, then, and also kind of, you look at how like, how much Dina is up and down the line, how much Moreno used to be up and down the line, how much um, cash is up and down the line. You know, Ramsey, when he came on, he's had three or four sprints with the ball from like our own box. And and, and Zaniolo is a different player to, to to Ramsey, of course. But it's just that. It's, it's just that side of the physical mm. nature of the Premier League. Not necessarily, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's strong. He put himself about. He put, like, mm. as a couple of times, he's jumping with his elbows. And that's great. Like, you mm. want to see that. But it's just mm. it's just that little, it's only a split second. But that split second's everything in the Prem. That's true. Everything. And I just yeah, and I just seen a comment here from Duncan saying that Zaniolo is a right wing. So is it maybe a case of is he probably playing out of position that you would probably think that maybe, maybe psychologically he's yeah. not up to the physicality because you know when Jacob Ramsey came on, because he's naturally a left sided player, which you do see that quality because I think the difference between him and Zaniolo is the experience he has in the Premier League and exactly you know he's, yeah, he's yeah. used to that match pace and you're right 
and you are absolutely right in that. And, you know, and like you said, Ramsey at 80%, he, he was unbelievable. Like, and you'd be, you'd be scary what he's like at 100. Like, I think it's, it's frightening for, I think, Saniolo as well, because for someone who I think if maybe if he's potentially playing out of position, imagine what he'd be like if he's in his right position. Absolutely. Just just on Ramsey, it's just the distance he can he can he can make for you by three or like within three or four seconds he's got from the edge of our own box to the yeah. edge of their box with yeah. the ball. And you that's how and that that's is, how that's yeah. how incredible it is. And that and that's spot on because we've missed that and I've been saying it for ages. I say it in walk all the time. I say it to everyone I talk to. We really miss Ramsey because of the ball carrying that man does. Because he can just get it from like the halfway and then literally in a split second, he's already there at the edge of the box looking for the final pass or he's looking to get the shot off. And that's a huge difference. Ramsey sort of reminds me, and I know this name keeps popping up every now and then, but you know, Jack Grealish, like, you know, how he gets the ball and he carries it and might draw the foul or, you know, he gets that pass off or he gets the shot off. And and, and he's unbelievably frightening. And that's him at 80%. If that's him 80%, just footsteps on the moon, Jacob Ramsey. You're on them. I, I agree. I actually think Grealish was better at, like, more creative in terms of, like, you know, beating a player in different ways and then playing that through ball. But I actually think Ramsey is is more, is like more direct in terms of, like, getting territory. And he's actually a better finisher than... Um, yeah, than, than no, I agree was. with you. Like... And, that, and that finish yesterday was just, like, he oh, used, he used that... Dina as the decoy. And just in off the post, like yeah. just beautiful finish. Beautiful. I agree with you there. He is a better finisher than Grealish, but Grealish was a better playmaker. You know what I mean? Like yeah, of course. Yeah, assist yeah, and all yeah, that. Of course. So it's yeah. two different types of players. Yeah. But like at the same time, though, it's just he's Jacob Ramsey at the minute for me is a Royal Royce of a left midfielder, and he's just absolutely fantastic. And I can't wait for him to get back to full fitness. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, loads of comments coming in. Uh, Zaniola and Ram on Zaniola and Ramsey. So with regards to Zaniola, uh, Michael says he needs to play for the team and not himself. Dunk says Zaniola will get better with time. Um, yeah, really random. Says almost a second seem that capable of winning games too. Um, I'm not sure what that. I'm not sure what that's related to. Um, uh, Paul said it, it's like Ramsey has recharged and now looks stronger. Yeah. Uh, Adamski said, don't think the left is Zaniolo's best position. Um, Rub says, give him time. Zaniolo is a newbie. He might be a confidence player. Mm. Richo, Everton fan. Um, great win against Brighton. Big reaction from midweek. Yeah. Um, Adamski said he agrees with me. He is taking one or two touches too many. It'll come. Yeah, It'll he definitely does. come. In fairness, he does. You know, yeah. we're all agreeing with him. Yeah. CC, I agree with Rachel. I don't think Zaniolo is lazy. New league, new teammates, new country. There were a few times he held the ball a moment too long, but that will come as Emery and coaches will work with him. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, and maybe it's a similar to, situation to Torres. Maybe he didn't want to have to use him so much at this time, but he's having yeah. to at the moment. Yeah, like there's three um, players there that are, uh, you know, that are moving from country, you know, like Diaby, Torres and Zaniolo. So like... They all have yes, to yeah, yeah. You've got to, you've got to adapt, haven't you? Daniel is a right wing. Um, CC JJ just changed the team balance when he came on. Brilliant player, really underrated. Um, really random. I think Daniel is doing okay. Could be better. We'll get better. I see his quality, hundred percent. Um, Gary said I agree. Italian players, especially forwards, usually struggle in the prem. Di Canio, Carboni, Zola aside, 
but so many haven't made it. I'm sure he will. Um, Steve said Zaniola will need a little time to get to grips with the movement of others like our others took time to adjust. Um, Adam said, I like Zaniola, but I do think him and Bailey are the same level. Um, we shall see. Um, uh, Ramsey can get us more goals than Grealish. Yeah, exactly what I said, Adam. Well, Absolutely what I said. Um, CC loved how JJ kept looking to the side to pass, then dinked inside, saw the opening and scored. Exactly. Um, Ramsey goal was sublime. Um, Rachel says, Ramsey's a very different player to Grealish, so very harsh to compare. Oh, absolutely, he's different, but there, there are one or two similarities. Yeah. Like we're talking about getting distance from box to box with with the ball. He's, he's they're both faster. They're all, both almost quicker with the ball than they are without the ball. That's I think the comparison we're making. Mm. But like I say, finishing wise, I think Ramsey's got that little bit more killer instinct in terms of finishing. Obviously, the playmaker, the beating players, that that was Grealish all over. But yeah. I think that's where the that's where the um, the comparison is is coming, um, but yeah, loads loads of people talking uh, Grealish, uh, sorry uh, Ramsey and um, and um, Ramsey and Zaniolo, just 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 great. Um, sorry, George had connection issues. Um, yeah, Watkins unplayable. We'll get onto him, and uh, and I think Sam's have had issues um, with childcare issues, so we say. So we just, so he'll be back. He'll be back later in the week, so we can give him some give him some grief um, for for Watkins later. Maybe Watkins gets a couple more goals as well. Um, Hopefully, a couple more. Actually, I, I I don't know if you, I did I did get to see a couple of questions about the ref. So I'll co- oh. I'll cover I'll cover that, Martin, and then we'll, we'll we'll cover a couple of the players. But yeah, yeah, go on. The ref was just I think I, I, if if I'm right, it was it Madly. I don't know if it was his brother. Um, Andy Madley, I think it might have been, but he's one of those refs who he pur- purposely likes to be the centre of attention, and he purposely likes to, you know, those types of refs who will who will arrogantly say to players, like let's say for example, a player like shouts at the ref or or, or he gives a foul and they haven't quite heard him or they pretended not quite to hear him, but they tap the ball away. Something like that, and like rather than just having a word with the player and go, "Come on, son, you know I could have booked you for that," he will take pleasure in taking the yellow card out and saying, "You've left me with no option but to give you this yellow card." I'm just following the rule book. He's one. He's one of those refs that just gets under your skin for like being the, one of the busybodies in terms of like just just following the rules for the sake of following the rules. Like doesn't doesn't have any kind of rapport with the players doesn't have any yeah. um doesn't have any kind of like um i don't know like kind of relatable about anything relatable about him and it just just it was just so annoying like something he booked duran for that was just ridiculous louise put one challenge in and he books it and like it was just it was just so many things that he was like just it he's, was, it was he's just too by the book yeah just way too by the book and it was just so frustrating, even for I'd say for both teams, but it was just, yeah, yeah, it was just, it, it's just one of those refs who makes it all about him rather than making it about the game. And yeah. there was there was things that he let go that you probably thought actually that should have been a foul. Yeah, it was Andy Madley. Yeah. It yeah, was it's, Andy it's, Madley. It's, it's a weird one because some stuff he was letting go, and you're kind of like that probably shouldn't have been a foul. Both both teams, like you know what I mean? Yeah, and you're going. 
that probably should have been a foul. That should have been a foul. Maybe a booking, and yeah. he's let it fly off. But yet something so minicule, you're kind of going, he's blowing it, and you're like, yeah, this is a ref by the book. Two by yeah. the book. Yeah. Yeah, Rub, Rub he's put, summed it up in a couple of messages. So, yeah, ref was terrible. Very bad for both teams. Started by giving several ridiculous yellow cards in the first few minutes. No psychology, no understanding of the game. That, that was it. He just didn't have that understanding of the game. And it was just, yeah, Max said if a Brighton player went down, it was a foul every time. It just seemed to be, it just seemed to be that. It just seemed to be kind of, he had a veneer of trying to like, as if he was letting the game flow, but he, he wasn't. He wasn't, and he was. He, there was times where he was just booking players for the sake of it. Just not good. Just not good. Um, so, yeah, two two players. Obviously, we're we're going to fin- finish up with in terms of Villa players. We have to mention. We have to mention Douglas Louise. Um, just masterful, masterful midfield performance, and and it's been been like this for the last few Premier, League, certainly Premier League games. Um, and um, what a turnaround he's had at, at Aston Villa in terms of, um, you know, just his influence and just his kind of leadership at the moment. Um, and yeah, just just fantastic. And I, I mentioned on the Match Reaction show about, you know, lots of Liverpool, lots of pundits and people are talking about this uh, Slobozlai who plays for Liverpool. There's obviously um, there's obviously Bruno at, at Newcastle. Um, there's, you know, Martin Odegaard at at Arsenal, but I'm not kidding you. Douglas Louise has to be, has to be classed in that bracket at the moment for central midfielders in the Premier League. He's got to be like, he's absolutely unreal at the moment. Goals, passing, tackling, box to box, controlling games, just, just absolutely masterful in midfield at the moment, Martin. Yeah, like he's, He's unbelievable, and you're right, he's in that bracket, but this is the thing with the media, as I like to say, there never really does be a highlighting thing on an Aston Villa. Ever since Jack Grealish, they were like, oh, the Grealish Villa, the Grealish Villa. And as soon as he left, it was like no players got recognition, and at this current time, Louise is not getting the recognition. Everyone's talking about, oh, Joe Linton's rise to centre mid, and he's absolutely bossing it. Bruno Gamarez has been unbelievable. Martin Odegaard. You know, um, who else that you could name? Like, you know, Salazar. Caicedo. Caicedo. talking about how poor he's been. Yeah. Like, Declan Rice at Arsenal. Like, this is... He's just... It's ridiculous because it's like every game now he's getting better and better. And don't worry, Rich. I kept the receipts just for you. Douglas (laughs) Louise is your one and six. And, (laughs) you know... and in fairness, you were right in that point in that, like, you know, we always had the one good game and you were like, that's the level he should be. And now he is. And he just seems to be getting better and better. And it's like, and his partner next from Kamara does like the dirty work, but doesn't even look like he gets dirty for doing it. Like, it's just kind of calm and composure about it, where Louise just has that free role, if you will, to do what he wants because he knows there's someone there to cover him. And that's, gives a player huge confidence that they can do what they want and someone's there to cover. Yeah, absolutely. Flying Comments flying in. Duncan, Louise is a top sign-in. Yeah. Uh, CC, Dougie, uh, love that he scored. Uh, Gary said he's the total package. 
Um, Rachel said, if he isn't called up to the Brazil team now, I don't know what else the poor man can do. Um, Heralio Gomez says, uh, I'm guessing the Man City buyback clause for Luis has expired by now. Yeah, um, it, it definitely has. Definitely has. Um, Steve said, I love how he just rolled it in as well. Yeah, so calm. Um, Dougie is a hundred million pound player without a doubt, says Dale. Um, Gary says, uh, Dougie has earned all his badges. Um, Rub says, Douglas Luiz is the most underrated player in the league and has been for a long time. He starts in any team in the Premier League. I was just surprised that they didn't like a match of the day, they didn't do a feature on him. Um, but yeah, yeah or they I, have it, on, yeah. yeah, the Bell match today, actually. Thanks for reminding me. I was watching it and I got a little bit annoyed by it because it says, oh, that's the first time Villa scored five since the Forest game. I'm like, there was one game, lads, that, you know, where we scored seven against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. that's too much for Danny Murphy to comprehend. So, like... I think it was Jonathan Pierce, to be fair, but yeah. Whoever whoever yeah, was, I couldn't yeah, give yeah. A, a flying shit. It was clearly two Liverpool people sitting there going, ah, yeah, that was the first time they got five. You know, short memory, these Liverpool I know, people. I know, I swear I know. to God. I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, Dunk says, if Dunk, if Rice is worth 105 million, then Louise at the same price. Uh, John Steele, it just goes to show when an elite manager comes in, he recognizes an elite player like Louise. Um, yeah, Rub confirming about the buyback clause. Uh, Adam says, to be in that bracket, he needs more goals slash assists since that bra- bracket is crazy efficient. He's getting there with the goals, though, I think. Is he's it three or four this season? Yeah, he's up there with, yeah. the, with the top goal scorers. If, you, if you can get double figures this season, I think that'd be great. Um, CC really underrated. I think if he keeps up the consistency and scoring, he will get noticed as he matures. Uh, Adamski says, Louise is brilliant. I didn't like him for the first couple of seasons. He used to give the ball away all the time. He was like Tielemans, but he is the best centre midfielder we've had since Barry, maybe. Big, big shout, big shout. Mm. Um, Would we take Jack back for Dougie in a swap? Nope. What, What a question that is. No. I wouldn't. I don't think in the way that we play now, I think I think he's too important for us now, Louise. Yeah, I genuinely um, I really would. do. I, like, don't get yeah. me wrong, I take Jack it's, back in a heartbeat. Oh, oh, oh mate. Not having me and swapping Dougie. Not a chance. It's such a hard one to say. Um, I, I wouldn't do it, personally. First player to score five at home since Dwight York says, Herelio uh, Gomez chats and snacks. Um, Dale says, no, no way. Agrees with us. Uh, Rach said, Louise and Dini are on four yellow cards now, so they will have to be careful from now on. I think they're going to get a yellow card. I think we just have to face face facts. Hopefully, a couple of players are back fit by the time that happens, but I don't want them not going into challenges for the fact that they might miss a game. I think think they're just going to have to to do it. Um, John says, I know he's just signed a new contract last year, but give Louise a new one. Unless Southgate becomes Brazil manager, he'll get his caller. (laughs) Uh, Um yeah, Alfie's Reef um, matches they talked about two minutes after the highlights. Yeah, Literally, that's all they did. Yeah, they didn't Murphy even didn't mention. comprehend anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, mm. Five in five games at home. Yeah, um, Shearer was complimentary. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, fairness, he was. Um, so yeah, so finally, the player that we want to talk about, we'll give give props to Leander Dendonka. What a player! <laughs> 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 you pulled a fast one. Well done. <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, he got nine point eight out of ten on FUTMOB rating, um, and um, he was absolutely unplayable yesterday. Um, absolutely tore Lewis Dunk a new one. 
gave Adam Webster the runaround. Um, they didn't know what to do with him. And we've spoken about, you know, not just getting the one goal in a game, but, Matt, but backing it up with two and three. And uh, yeah, Ollie Watkins, I know, you know, Sam couldn't come on, on in the end tonight. I don't think he's talking about him not being a good player, more talking about kind of his uh, consistency and the way that he is a, he is a, a, a streaky scorer. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's in a hot streak now, we'll take it. We will 100% take it. But his performance yesterday was absolutely phenomenal, Martin. Best performance in a Villa talk for me. Like, you know, like, don't get me wrong, his, his performance against, you know, Liverpool when we won 7-2 was fantastic as well. But this was just the best performance in terms of, like, how do I put this? Like, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Like, he was all over the place. He was getting himself busy. Lewis Dunn couldn't handle him. Adam, Adam Webster didn't want to know anything about him. And he goes and gets himself a hat-trick. And you're going, this should be what Ollie Watkins be at. Like, you know, and what else was I going to say just there? Uh, that this is the thing. Now, I, I know Sam's not on tonight, but Sam did say in the group chat, to tell you all, he did good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know what context he's looking for there, but he's admitting he did good. However, what I will say about Ollie Watkins, I love the fact that his off the ball stuff, he will get busy, he will he will terrorize defenders, you know, with his physicality. He brings people in the games, he gets assists. And yes, in a way, I do agree with Sam. Like there is a frustration of you know how many chances could he score, but me personally, I'd be worried if he wasn't there for them chances, if he was doing all that hard work, because then people would go, well, there's no point doing that hard work if you're not going to be in the box, where he is in the box, and I'd be worried if he wasn't, because he's there for them chances, Like, and that's why a, a player like Ollie Watkins, if, to me, comes at a premium, okay, because he get in the last three seasons, he's hit double digits, 15, 12, 15, and he's currently on four, I think, in the Premier League, and his numbers are supposedly in conversation with the likes of Salah, Harry Kane, and Erling Haaland. Them level of strikers are elite. Now, do I think Ollie Watkins is an elite striking striker? Probably not. I do love him, but at the same time, he does come at a premium because of what he offers you off the ball, how he brings people into play while getting double digits of goals. And if you take him out the Villa team, who is going to do that role that Oli will do? Because not many Premier League strikers will give you that off-the-ball work or give you the double digits of goals while doing everything off the ball. A lot of them will be poachers sitting there waiting for it. Like So my question, and I've got a question for you, Rich, on this. If Oli was just a poacher and wasn't getting the goals per se and didn't do this off-the-ball stuff as he does now, would we be having this discussion you, the, the thing is you, you can't play how Villa want to play and you can't play how a lot of Premier League teams like to play with having that player who only only does things in the box you know you have mm. to be a you have to be a Man City type team where Haaland hardly touches the ball 
and just like literally come, but they control possession through their midfield. They control the possession that wide. They get to make the overload where one of their defenders steps into midfield. So everything's played in front of that striker. And then when it gets into the box, that's when they come alive. We we can't do that. We have to have an Ollie Watkins type player yeah. in that position who's gonna, like you say, gonna do the the running. We've cut down some of that for him. We have actually done that. You know, and having a DRB in there helps because we've got more potency um, with going forward. So that automatically gives him some more space. Even having like a Bailey when he's fit, particularly at home, helps him a lot more as well because again, that takes another player away from him. So you mm-hmm. have to you have to have you have to have an Ollie Watkins type player to to, to cope. And um, and yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think we'd be yeah. I just I don't think the the, the other thing is as well is that if you, we talk about kind of having another player with like to push him or to, to be like the, the, the other number one, the difficulty is that, that, and loads of teams find this is who's going to be happy to sit on the bench um, in the Premier League and be, and you have to pay them, you know, X amount of money. I guess Newcastle are trying it with Isak and Wilson, but I think the excuse you've got with those two is they're quite injury prone. Whereas yeah. if they, you know, when they're both gunning for it, that neither of them's happy to be on the bench, so it's, it's a really, it's a really difficult one, you know. Obviously, and and you're right in what you're saying, you know, it is noticeable when Watkins isn't playing, um, and you've got John John Duran, who, like we say, is is scored some vital goals already this season, but is that raw pace, power, not quite got the the kind of game knowledge at the moment, which is understandable. But you notice the difference because he doesn't he doesn't kind of hold the ball. He doesn't know when to bring players in. He doesn't know when to stretch the defenders. He doesn't know when to come short. And that's where it becomes that's where Ollie Watkins is so vital. But what I actually liked yesterday as well was the different the two the three types of different types of goals he scored. And my favorite yeah. my favorite goal my f- favorite goal of any of any striker is that one where the ball is fizzes across the box and they're running onto it and then and then it's one to one touch finish i love those types of goals because that's when you know a striker's in form that's when you know a striker's confident because they're uh, they're arriving at the in the box at the, that specific time where the ball yeah. is getting is, is ready to be hit you know mm. when a striker's in form because if they're if they're not in form they're either there too early or they're or they're okay, having to stretch for it yeah. yeah, he's that he was there perfectly. You know, like a few games ago, the ball was flashing across the box and he was sliding, and he, we were, you know, he was too, he was kind of two, he was like split second behind. He's mm. right on it now, and that's that's a perfect goal. So I just hope it continues. But yeah, phenomenal performance. It wasn't just you know three goals, two assists, or, or one assist. You know, it he, he was literally. Um, I know, I know, he missed the one-on-one at the end where Dougie scored, but it, it was if you could get a perfect performance, or I guess other than scoring a header, it was literally the perfect performance from. Yeah, from you Ollie couldn't Watkins. have asked, and, and exactly, you're right. You couldn't have asked for a better performance. And with the fourth one, like you just said there, with the one-on-one, he had too much time to think about it. And I think that's. It doesn't matter what striker's on form. It doesn't matter what level of a striker you are. If you have too much time to think about what you're going to do, you, you're it's you're going to make a mistake. And that's just the, the nature of it. Yeah. And then the keepers are going to save shots. So that's what exactly. they're there for. You know, we, like, we you know, love it, when, we love it yeah. when, yeah, we love it when Martinez makes a big save. Well, that's what they're paid to do. 
you know. Exactly. So regardless yeah. of the scoreline, they're there yeah. to make big saves. And you know, um, when you missed it, and and I love, and I seen a tweet that like, did anyone notice that Ollie Watkins was disappointed when you missed that fourth one? And then literally the fourth reply was, and it shut him up. He was disappointed because he didn't score, not because Dougie scored. Get a grip. Yeah, yeah, yeah make exactly. Out of nothing. Yeah. And that's and what you want. Right. That's what you want. You want a striker like, disappointed that they haven't scored. Yeah, that's what we want uh, Ollie Watkins to be. You want him to be greedy. You want him to be like pushing for goals, mm-hmm. even if it, even if it's to get an extra extra uh, grand a week on his contract demands. Do it because that, that makes it better for us. That that's you it. Know? Like you know, and supposedly he's very close to signing the new deal. So hopefully that gets sorted sooner because you know, you, the last thing you want is this contract situation waving over his head, going and then running it down, and then you lose for nothing. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, like like I say, I think I think um, wait this international break. I think when the news feeds quiet down a little bit, I think you'll I think we'll be happy with. With uh, I think I think they'll announce something in the, in this international break. I really yeah, do. I, I, I don't think they're far away. There's they, question. They're asking him a couple of questions, and it's starting to drip feed in there. You know, I, I think I think I think I think behind the scenes, I think it's pretty much done. Yeah, because um, it generally yeah. could be like two or three steps ahead as the media, yeah, yeah. Out, like you, exactly. like you always rightly put out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um so many comments. So let let's just let's mm. just go through. Uh Dale said, Imagine Southgate's going to watch Welbeck and he gets dragged at half time. <laughs> Rachel said, Southgate's face, I swear he isn't even trying to hide it. Uh Steve twenty four seven said he'll get another hat trick, I reckon. Could yeah, certainly I think do so. it too. I think so too with the form he's yeah. on, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh uh Heralio says, Who could we buy and how much would they cost to replace Ollie? Uh and then you get exactly no one and too much. I, I think it's more like the options. I think it's the options, but we'll we'll see. We mm. shall see. Um, yeah, Gary wasn't happy when Dougie got the sixth goal. He's banging his hands on the floor in disgust. Exactly, exactly. He wants he wanted to score. That's, that's exactly. Um, yeah, you know, it was, yeah. it, was, it was his own mistake that yeah. we were unhappy with. Rachel said, I'm so proud of Ollie to keep trying and growing. Whatever happens with him, yeah, he's always always works hard. That's one thing mm. we can never we can never, never um, lay at his uh, not lay at his feet. Dale said Ollie costs 70 to 80 million. Um, Alfie says the thing with Ollie, when he isn't scoring, he's usually involved in other ways, unlike a lot of other strikers out there. Um, exactly. Uh, not going enough, Sam. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Adamski said Ollie pointed to the Castore logo on his shirt after he scored his second or third, and I got worried. Maybe he's pointing to the Castore logo to say, get this shit off, off me and get get Adidas back. Get Adidas. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gaza says he should have scored that goal that Louis ended up with, to be fair, but class to see Oli get his three. Yes. Uh, Rub said his contribution also is frequently underappreciated. Harris's defenders tracks back and contributes assists. Look at your FBL team and check where Watkins is on the strikers list. Yeah, I'm loving him at the minute. I would say that I look, look with with strikers, they are always judged on goals. That's what we do as football supporters. We judge strikers on goals, and when they're not scoring, yes, we can say, "Oh, they're the contributing here, the contributing there," but that's what they're paid to do. In the words of Brian Clough, <laughs> <laughs> "That's what I bloody pay you for." Put mm. the ball in the back of the net. That's or if it. You're Ro- that's or if you're all, Roy that's all you need to do. If, yeah. if you're Roy Keane, that's his job. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So we're always going to do that as football supporters, uh, and it happens with every single, every single club, every single football uh, support out there. So yeah, 
Uh, Gary said two hat tricks already this season. First since Andy Gray. Yep. Yeah. Um, Rub says since the beginning of the season, Watkins has 54 points, Harlan 53 points. Um, yeah, Watkins gets called on for lack of decisive contributions. Yeah, doing well in FPL. Yeah, I oh. agree. I've got him in my team. Um, CC, I think the way Ali played yesterday, coming deep, distracting defenders, passing and running in down the channels. That was a perfect display by him and the team and how they played with him. Agreed. Uh, Dunk said Diaby and Torres have raised our side significantly. I agree. Um, Gary says scary if he gets injured like Mings. Definitely will miss him if out the team. He did go down once a little bit yesterday, but um, I think I'm sure he was fine. Uh, yeah, Ollie's the man. Duran needs to watch and learn. Um, Stephen says our two worst performances both came when Ollie wasn't playing. He gives us so much more than goals. Um, Stuart said when Bailey's not playing well, he always goes off injured. Just saying. I don't, I don't know if he wasn't that. I don't think he wasn't not playing well against Everton. Didn't really have much much of the ball. So no. we'll see. I just think he's one of those players. Like a lot of wingers are. They they just made a glass sometimes. So I'm mm. sure he'd be back soon. He's playing. He's playing very well, Bailey, at the moment. So I wouldn't reserve too much criticism for for Bailey at the moment. Man with the golden gun. Ollie is good at occupying defenders to create space. Uh, Michael said, couldn't believe the score. Um, Jason, yeah, I couldn't, mate. Jason said, Villa not quite there yet, but about to be a fantastic team. Let's hope yeah. so. Uh, Adamski said, saw Villa beat Ipswich 6-1 in 1978. First Villa match I ever went to when I was seven. Wow, wow. fantastic. Fantastic. Um, lots of people saying, leave Grealish. Um, some people saying they're taking back. Uh, Marine Boy said, I was at that Ipswich game 6-1 and didn't Ipswich have an FA Cup final a week later? Um, I wouldn't know I wasn't born. Uh, yeah, I know me. <laughs> I was, not even I was born then, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, Jason, Grealish has won his trophies now. He needs to pretend to lose his touch form and come back to Villa on a free. That would oh, be, be good. Imagine um, that. Yeah, Rachel, I didn't like that either. I didn't like TNT asking Ollie about the contract situation. It wasn't professional for me. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think what was happening there to trying to roll up a story. You know, yeah, of course, of course, they're doing their job, they're trying to get something. It's like, remember when I mean, the the BBC asked him, yeah, yeah, the BBC asked him about um Southgate, uh, about the England squad, and he just said, Well, I've done all I can, it's up to him, basically, (laughs) which I thought was a good answer by um, by Ollie Watkins, to be fair. Um, Kay said, With the work Ollie puts in for the team, if he wasn't Apache goal scorer, someone would have come in and snapped him up already. I, I'm, I was always of the opinion, look, when he's not scoring, I think it's, it's it, like I say, it's what he's paid for. It's fair game to criticise. But for me, if he was if he was a striker who scores 25, 30 goals a season, at this present time, he wouldn't be playing for Aston Villa with the no, level where we're at. He, he is the kind of level where we're at. Now, if you want to push further, it's either he improves to help us push further or at some point we make a decision to get a different striker in. Um, but... At the moment, if he if he can bridge that gap between the 15 to 20 goals, Diaby can contribute 10 to 15 goals. Mm-hmm. Louise can contribute 10 goals. Bailey can contribute 10 goals. Then I'm pretty sure we'll be on a decent track. Mm-hmm. And I think I seen there that Ollie Watkins' goal or assist for Jacob Ramsey was his 50th for Aston Villa. Yes. Yeah. So like, if you think about this logically now, here, Rich, right? He's got 100 goal contributions in 127 games for Aston Villa. Now, that's great. Yeah, yeah. You can't argue with it. That's, he, that's he, phenomenal. You really can't argue with that. he's a guy who works on his own up front. You know, he, he, he does a lot of the work on his own. But yeah. yes, look, 
I don't want to I don't want to go too crazy, right? He's got a he's got a, he's, he's played, had a phenomenal game yesterday, which is brilliant. Well, yeah. let let's let's just see. You know, we've got some tough games. We've got some actually we've got some tough games and winnable games coming up. Mm. That we would say that. Yeah, I let's would say two tough games. If he, enough, if he keeps it going, yeah. yeah, he needs to keep it going. But I, I'm I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, did anyone notice Southgate get booed at the game when they showed him on the screen? <laughs> I yeah. mean. We, I'm Irish. Kids... You know my feelings on him. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but I know you. I know I'm speaking to the wrong person, probably. But Watkins, Konza, and possibly Ramsey. I mean, maybe Ramsey if he'd have had two or three ga- more games. But Konza and Watkins have got to be. I've got to be looking into the into the England squad. And like I say, I know it's not your concern, but from a Villa perspective, mm. they've got to be playing well enough to get a shout out for England. Yeah, from from a Phillips perspective, uh, Watkins, Conza, and Ramsey, I think, should be there. I mean, like you know, like Conza's been absolutely brilliant. He's been raising his level ever since he joined. He's going up and up and up and up, and we just don't know where it's going to stop. And I think he should be called up. I mean, how can someone like Ezra Conza? How can he not get called up when Harry Maguire, who isn't even playing for England? From a Villa perspective, now I'm talking from a Villa perspective. How can Gareth Southgate justify Konza not getting in the team, but we'll put in Harry Maguire and that one there? How can he put in Conor Gallagher over a Jacob Ramsey or over somebody else? And he didn't. And then, and now at this current time, he's not picking Ollie Watkins. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's silly because you've got. To me, you could play. I mean, there's, he's in a fortunate position where he's got a lot of good English, young English players now playing in the Premier League. Um, and to me, you could. He, he keeps on going on about this. He has to play his tried and trusted. He's got to play his, his, um, his Jordan Hendersons, his Harry Maguire's, and all this. Most of the time, you're playing against in the European qualifiers. You've probably got one tough game in the group, you know, without being arrogant about England. You've got one tough game, mm. which is probably the second tier side away from home. All the other games you could play, you could play the under 21s and they would beat them. Yeah. Right. So I don't buy that, that you, you have to, he could play, he could play Mark Gahey and he could play Konza at the back for England and we'd win. He could play Ramsey in midfield. He could play. He could play anyone. He could play Lewis Dunk at the back. He could play anybody. It doesn't matter. We'd still mm. win. He doesn't yeah. have to play. He doesn't have to play his tried and trusted. Yeah. Like it's 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 crazy. I, I don't. I just don't mm. understand it. But yeah, I think I think one. I think one or two of them will get caught because if it was an audition between Lewis Dunk and and, and Ezri Konza, uh, Ezri Konza, yeah. he was there yeah. to witness that. Like, yeah, yeah. He was there uh, looking at that going. Looking at Lewis Dunn with that abysmal performance from him, and then here's Ezri Konza, a Royals Royce. If he doesn't pick him, I, I'm, I'll say this now: if he does not pick Ezri Konza and Ollie Watkins for the upcoming international breaks, as a Villa fan, I'll cause a riot. But yeah, as an but... Irish fan, I would gladly say keep Selkate in the job. <laughs> yeah, and and also like I think Rachel said, it's a double-edged sword. You you want you want um you know you want your players to get the international exactly. recognition, like from, but then yeah. you don't want them to get injured because you know away on international duty. But mm. yeah, uh, you know um 
how do you how do new players gain trust if he doesn't pick new players? Yeah, the logic baffles me. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, oh yeah, we play Italy and Australia. Yeah, fair enough. Italy might be a tougher game, but Australia, you could play. You could you could Australia play a be whole, a tough game. It'd be, you'd be it'd very be a good surprised. game, but you could play a whole new eleven players. You don't have like you, true. Have you, you to, could you what, could what still more, experiment. Against yeah. Them. What more are you going to learn from Harry Kane in, in, up front? What more are you going to learn from? Um, I know Raheem Sterling is not getting in the side, or, or Rashford, or you know. Mm-hmm. One or two. What more are you going to learn from Kyle Walker? You know what he does. You know when it comes to the big tournaments, you can put them in and they will do a job. Yeah. Look at what you've got coming behind it. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. I just don't get it. But anyway, that's that's yeah. uh, my that's well, my question for you, Rich. Right, and and I think this is probably a fair question. When it comes to England, right now, albeit that I'm Irish, right, but I've always said this. Do you think? Because Southgate plays his favourites, even in the qualifiers, right? Do you think the players are burnt out when they come to the actual tournament? Because bearing in mind, they'll play all their games in the Premier League, Champions Leagues or Europa Leagues, wherever they might be. And then they're playing in the qualifying stages against the likes of even North Macedonia, Malta, all these lower oppositions, right? Regardless whether they're playing 75 minutes to an hour, whatever it might be. And then when they come to the actual tournament, after playing a full season in the Premier League and qualifying, do you think them players are burnt out, hence why they don't do so well? Because when I look at that England team, regardless of who they bring, it should be dominating, right? And it's very hard for me as an Irish person to admit, but it's just the way it is because we don't exactly have you know, the, the, the luxury of having the players that you have. But yeah, but like the question is, do you think the English players are burnt out when they come to the actual tournament because they're playing all the qualifying games. I think there's definitely a point in there. Um, I think, like I say, I, I think that you've got a situation where you know how certain players play. You know how you know how certain players will react within within certain games that you don't need to you don't need to play them against other teams. You know, mm. obviously Harry Kane's the captain, so the argument would be, you know, the captain has to be has to be playing all the time. But, you know, Arsenal fans have talked about Saka being being played and played and played constantly, um, you know, and then he's playing 50, 60 games for, for Arsenal. Too much. Yeah, I, I, think you could, I think you could probably make a case for at least two or three of the international break, the, inter, the, like the international break calendars, you know, swapping out, you know, 10 of 10 of players who are, who are generally always in the squads with 10 newer players coming in, um, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, George there. Um, but yeah, you could, you could easily make a case for it. And then I know you don't want to cheapen the, it's, it's a balance, isn't it? Because there's been times where there's been managers where they've constantly changed the team and played loads of different players and put those in and everyone's saying it's, you know, it's cheaper in the, the England caps situation. I think this is going the other end. This is ridiculous. You're playing Jordan Henderson, who's playing out in Saudi Arabia. You're playing Harry Maguire, like you say, who's not playing in the team. Mm. You're playing Calvin Phillips, who doesn't get a game. You could, He's like I say, you could play so many different players in, in that in in those positions, and you'd you'd you'd, you'd still win. You know, so yeah, I, I think I think they pro- there is a case for that that they are burnt out. You know, he should he should know when it's he knows already who. 18 out of his 22 players are for the top for the tournament if they're fit. He already knows that. So tr- so work out who's going to be the who's going to be the final final f- six or seven. Work that out. 
But the only way you work that out is by playing the players and giving them an opportunity. Um, so mm. yeah, I, I think so. I think I think you get more out of them if you if you let them rest. You know, you've got September, October, November. You pick pick a different international international squad for for each for each round, and then and then when it comes to like the tournament, when you've got the warm up games, that's when you that's when you've got your that's when you've got your squad. But yeah, I just think from a Villa perspective, I think they they've done they've done all they can to well certainly Watkins and Conte have done all they can to get in. Mm. Um, let's see what he says on Thursday. Um, just finally, um, on the on the with with regards to the game and also just a shout out to all you guys. We've got over a hundred still watching it at 10 to 11, which is phenomenal. Thank you so much for your support. If you haven't already hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. If you're new to the channel, we're well on the way to 3k um, and you guys will help us are, are helping us get there. But yeah, please continue to support us. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button um, to keep pushing on any more. Just, just finishing off on the game. Um, I mean, it was, it's, it's, Phenomenal result. Um, I guess from a Brighton perspective, um, and it's interesting to see what what, man, what coaches and managers do now. Because for me, like they 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 changed it at halftime and they brought like Fatty on, they brought uh, Pedro on, went for more pace, went for more direct, mm. um, went for more direct players to run at us, and they did cause us one or two problems. But then they completely lost their shape. But it's interesting that they. The even teams are losing four five one, are just playing the still continuing to play the same way, you know. Like it's almost like they're kind of right off the game that they're going to lose, but they'll continue just to play how they always play. Whereas back in the day, that you know teams might just put loads of players at the back, go for damage limitation. I don't know what you how you feel about that. Like whether you feel that's the right thing to do as a coach or whether you know, to stick to kind of just how you play regardless of what the scoreline is or whether, you know, once you got to 4-1, you know, you, you kind of just went for damage limitation. What what are your thoughts on that with, with how, I guess, how Brighton approached it? Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think, I think Deserby may be uh, probably stuck to, you know, we still play the same way regardless of the scoreline and that can damage the, the scoreline even more on a Brighton perspective. And, you know, when you get to like a, even a three nil, when they're losing three nil, it's like, right, this is probably not going to be a day. Let's keep it tight in the back. Let's make sure we don't concede anymore. But he, he stuck to his guns, you know, and as a manager, you know, like myself or Park Villa, like, you know, one of the managers anyway, hmm. that, you know, you respect it, but at the same time, when you get to a scoreline like that, like that on the losing side, you need to keep it tight at the back. Just make sure we don't concede anymore. And if we get a goal back, we go from there. And you know, so but as a Villa's perspective, I take it all day long. Let them play yeah. the play they want to yeah, play. I know. And let it's, us have this little scoreline. Yeah. It's easy to say at the end of the game. It is. It's easy to say. Jason said Villa becoming so tactically mature. Rachel said. When it works, it's philosophy. And when it doesn't, it's being stubborn. Emery has done it too. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. you know. The high line thing. The high line. The high line gets criticised. Yeah, you've you've got to you, you know you've got to stick to your principles. Adam, look at us at Newcastle. We didn't really change much either. No, no, I, I get that. I'm just saying, from my perspective as as a coach, mm. like you you've got to you you you've got to take a it takes a strong manager, strong coach to kind of continue to play like that. When you're getting absolutely tanked, um, 
to just to to, to kind of just say, oh, we'll just keep playing it across the back, like yeah. you know, it just it just does, it just does. Yeah, fair enough. It, you know, they could go in the next game and win, brilliant. But it's just one of those where it, it, I, I I just think, you know, back back in the day when I was like managing teams and stuff, it's it's you 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 kind of just say, well, if we're three 0 down at half time, you're just thinking, well, let's just win the second half and go from there. Mm. Um, there's got to be something that you're doing that isn't right, um, or the other team have have kind of conquered. And uh, yes, yeah, Steve said we pressured them from the front so well. As soon as it was midfield, we battled it back so quickly. Impressive. I, I, I think, and I'd like to watch it again, but I think the first 10 minutes, they started off really well. Mm. I just think we maybe changed something slightly with the way that we approached it. Um, in ter- I think there was a slight positional change or there was... Maybe, maybe I don't know if it was Diaby or Watkins that maybe swapped in terms of who was going to do the initial press. But once we went, because Diaby's so quick, it then put the pressure on the keeper. It then put the pressure on Dunk, and we just, we just, we just went for them. And um, and when it went into midfield, then it was really pleasing to see for the first time, or one of the first times actually, Dougie and Kamara overpowered their central midfielders. They had yeah. a young lad. Hinchelwood, I think, eighteen-year-old, and they had um, what's the Scottish lad's name? Billy Gilmore. Uh, Gilmore, Gilmore, and we just overpowered them. We 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 did to them what Liverpool did to our midfield. Exactly, and that's yeah the difference. And you know, it's all about so. midfield, all about midfield battles, hmm. all about it. Um, but yeah, um, just phenomenal win, Martin. Brilliant, brilliant tactical performance, as we said. Some brilliant individual performances. I mean, people that we haven't mentioned, but I can't, I, we've we've gone we've gone from who have we talked about? Cash, Torres, Louise, McGinn, Ramsey, Watkins. Watkins. I, th- I, th- I think I think that'll that'll do. Yeah, mm. Gary said unhappy Gilmore on Saturday. <laughs> brilliant, absolutely oh, brilliant, joke, Gary. Bro. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, we'll leave it. We'll leave it there. We'll just bask in the glory of it again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick match of the day two on again, um, and, uh, and 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 bask in the glory of the goals again last night. I still don't think we've got enough credit for it. And I think it's typical. We beat Brighton six one. Wolves go and bloody beat Man City. Palace beat beat Man United away. And yeah, and our result just uh, just goes by the wayside. But yeah. Um, fifth, fifth in the league at the minute, just, just brilliant. And yeah, a couple of tough games coming up. We've got to win that game on, on Thursday. And then if we can get a good result against Wolves, who are our bogey team as well, we know that. So there's plenty of content to come for the week. Talking taxes with Gareth coming up on Tuesday. Um, fans forum tomorrow. So get all your points in about the lower grounds, about the kit, about the women's side, um, the lone players. We've got Louis Barry absolutely on fire still. Any questions you want to fire at us for tomorrow for the fans forum? Um, and um, yeah, talking tactics, match previews for the Euro Europa Conference League game, match reactions, so much content coming up. So make sure you're tuned in, get your get hitting the like, make sure you're subscribed and um and turn your notifications on for when the shows are coming. Martin, it's great to have you back from uh, Turkey. I'm sure you'll be back on this week. Um Absolutely. thank you everyone for watching. And as always, remember, we all follow the Villa. Villa Come Abu. on. Up and running and Villa Club is loud.